What's up, Joes? And welcome to another episode of the Average Joes MMA Show. Jeff Shanahan and Rafael Chaidez. We're back. I'm the cult of, I'm the cult of personality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, get a little, get a little living color cranking. Yeah, dude. I should have saved it for fucking Thursday when we were actually previewing the uh, UFC 225 card. But yeah. Oh, don't, don't worry. I blew my load today, too, and I used it as my opener, too. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm going to use it Thursday, too, if I record another one. <laughs> it's a badass song. It's got to be one of my favorite walkout songs just because it is a real fucking song. Oh, man, I've always loved that song, period. Yeah, like, yeah. I heard it before Punk had it. Yeah. Oh, I mean... I remember well, if, you're, if you're a rock fan, yeah, because right. they're so good, and then they're black. That was the weird thing about it. I was like, whoa, you got black guys rocking out all crazy. That was one of the first, uh, I mean, them, <coughs> the bad brains, mm-hmm. <coughs> death, like, <coughs> those are, or not death, I'm sorry. <coughs> yeah, is it death? But the bad brains in Living Color, for sure, like the first all black metal punk bands did did punk have a different song before coming into the u.s or into yeah the his w- first his well not coming into the wwe but his first um wwe walkout music was this fire by uh kill switch engage okay yeah it wasn't because i miss yeah because he, he's been known for even in the indies having like really good walkout songs right well, it was or a, t- a good taste in music it was cult i mean he cult was always his song originally Okay. And then when he came to the WWE, I don't think they wanted to pay the money for the licensing, but they got the licensing for this fire. I, I don't know how it all worked out, but yeah, they used this song off of uh, Kill Switch and Gage's third album. Or, yeah, third album. And, and speaking of punk, he just uh, won his defamation defamation case against. Uh, well, well, now you killed well, our news story. Well, we were talking about <laughs> punk already. And it's more of a WWE case, right? Yeah, well. He got sued by the doctor that he claimed gave him fucking male practice or whatever when he was in the WWE. Yeah, so he went on Colt Cabana's podcast, right? And he talked about a misdiagnosed staph infection. Yeah, that staph infection that they just kept pumping him full of Z-Packs and shit. So uh, they were asking for almost $4 million in damage uh, calculated as $1 for every person... Well, they, they, they asked for $3,989,000 in damages, calculated for $1 for every person that claimed to have they had listened to the podcast. God damn. Uh, the case stemmed from Punk complaining of neg- negligent medical treatment by WWE doctors, in particular related to a lump on his butt on the podcast. During the podcast, he claimed that the lump was diagnosed as MRSA, staffed by a doctor, but the testimony in the case indicated that it was never a, phys- it was a physician's assistant Patrick Duffy, who removed the lump on February 13, 2014, and never diagnosed the lump as staph, let alone MRSA. The lump was never diagnosed, as Duffy said. He would normally have cultured the lump, but Punk refused to have it done, citing the lack of medical insurance. Punk claimed in his testimony that he believed it was staph and didn't know the difference between staph and MRSA staph. Uh, then girlfriend and current wife, AJ Mendez or AJ Lee, AKA April Mendez noted the very small lump at first when they started dating in August of 2013, she testified that over the next several months, it grew, changed color and was described as some, some as the size of an egg or a golf ball. 
God damn. That's definitely staff or something. Medical staff claimed that there was no lump. <clears throat> or if there was, they were never aware of it. There were text messages from the period showing that Punk had messaged his wife complaining of the treatment by Eamon and talking about the lump. After the podcast aired, the WWE sent out photos of the 2014 Royal Rumble in January where Punk claimed it was near the waistband of his trunks, pointing out no visible lump. Uh, he claimed the lump was on his butt and not near the waistband of his trunks and had four witnesses. Uh, Cabana, his wife is massage therapist and this Duffy. So he won. Well, it's, it's, it's good for him just so he gets that shit off of his chest, off of his shoulders and he gets to go fight. Yeah. And he's not, and he's not on the hook for $4 million. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. (laughs) Which is really awesome. Yeah. Oh, Oh man. How was your weekend, bro? Um, not too bad. Uh, just relaxing. Uh, what did I do? Just hung out with the nephew Sunday, Saturday, no fight. So I just played a bunch of Elder Scrolls, uh, got into dungeons, found out that I could do a bunch of dungeons with random people. So oh, yeah. we get to do that now. And then Friday, uh, watch the Utica card. Other than that, nothing too crazy. Yeah. It's not a bad weekend at all. Sounds, yeah. sounds quite relaxing. We grilled out, but on Sunday, but that's that's kind of like a normal thing for like Mexican people. We like got an asada all day, so we just make tacos and we grill out every Sunday and like have a little family thing. Yeah. I bring over the nephews, we hang out with the nephews, hang out with the family. That's nice. Yeah, that's really nice. They're very nice. Very nice. Yeah, let's see. Friday, Friday. I watched the card. Obviously, um, we'll get into that here in a minute. Saturday, however, I spent several hours in the sun where I got, I don't know how well you can see it, but I got quite sunburned on my nose, the top of my dome, my fucking forearms on both sides, and one half of my shin on each leg got got pretty fucking red, which was nice. Nothing feels better than a sunburn. So then, after that, I decided... I'm going to go and take fucking hallucinogenic mushrooms for the first time nice. in almost 10 years. God damn. Yeah, bro. It's been a while. It's been a long fucking while. It's been a while for me, too. It's been like 10 years, too. It was, uh, it was a good time, though, man. We took them. Uh, there's, a, there's a park out here in Muskegon. It's called Lake Harbor Park, and it's one of my favorite places to go hiking because you, you go up into the dunes. And in the woods, and then eventually you can, if you choose to, you can end up right out on the beach, right out out on Lake Michigan. It's fucking beautiful, <laughs> all that shit. So we uh, we rolled up some doobies and uh, brought a fucking brought some dabs in the rig, and I had a blue, little Bluetooth speaker. We uh, we ate some mushrooms on the way to Lake Harbor because it's only like a ten minute, maybe ten minute drive from my house. Got out into the dunes. It was like seven thirty, eight o'clock or whatever. Maybe a little earlier, but we uh shit. Shit started kicking in right before sunset. So I just sat up in the dunes listening to music, watching the fucking sunset and the waves crash and shit like that. It's fucking sweet, dude. Dude, it was so fucking sweet. It was and, so and I sweet. say it's sweet, but wanting an experience kinda like that, but more as in 
because every time I've taken shrooms, it's been inside. And every time we've walked outside, we get a sudden feel of this feels right. Yeah. So weird. Every time we would go from outside or inside to outside, it's like, oh, man, this feels right. We're not caged in. We're not. Yeah. It's just weird. It's really weird. It's a feeling that, that comes over you as soon as you step outside and. I don't know. Um, no, we've I've, always just kind of done them on the in, uh, inside. I have two, uh, like half and half, I would say. I would spend like half of a trip each way um, inside and outside. My old house, we used to have this fucking gigantic backyard. And uh, the, the that was the last time I took mushrooms was about ten, almost 10 years ago with my old roommate. It was about eight and a half, I guess. And... Uh, <clears throat> Like that's what we that the whole summer of fucking 2010. That's all we did was just eat a bunch of mushrooms and fucking trip balls once a week. I just came in contact with one of my old dealers and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" He's like, "I get you shrooms if you want." I'm like, "I might have to hit you up to do a shroom episode where I eat shrooms and then 45 minutes later I put I press start recording and then I record with me and like two other guys or something. Like we just sit in here watch fights or just get." Hi, we'll probably just wind up walking away while it's still recording. Dude, I'll come down. I'll come back down. Fucking <laughs> for that. Do shrooms with you. Yeah, I need. A, he he said he could get them, and Word. pretty cheap too, like thirty-five and eight. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I hadn't done them. Like I actually hadn't had the desire to do them, really, because mm-hmm. I had this really bad episode. After then, that's why I stopped taking them. Like I had a bad trip by myself, and it was fucking really bad, and it fucked me up for a while. And uh, so I just I I was like yeah I think I'm I'm fucking done with psychedelics and then uh, was it last last week uh, my cousin and my friend Tony or maybe two weeks ago I don't know they they took them like on a random weekday and uh, I just kind of hung out with them while they ate them and watched them have a good time and I was like yeah maybe I might want to do this and he brought it up and I was like fuck it let's do it. So. It's funny because I, I have the park right here in the corner. We didn't even go to the park just because we were, you know, smoking all the time and went to Bellator. But the park is right here. It's not that big, but they got a pond. They got a nice little, like, walking area with trails now that they fixed up. It was and, still uh, cold playground. and shit, though, too, when I yeah. was down there. It mm-hmm. wasn't, like, if I came down now, that would be the best time to be outside. But it was it was just getting to the, like, yeah. like what was it, like, two, three days before I got here, came down we still had fucking snow on the ground. Yeah, it, it just snowed at night, right. like one of those nights. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> I was there was no real desire to go outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I wouldn't mind taking them and, you know, yeah. once I start tripping, walking to the fucking park and checking out, like, lapping the park and, yep. like, tripping out. Like, oh, man, going through stages like the pond and then, like, hitting the playground and then having your whole childhood flash before your eyes, seeing yourself on the swings. Like, oh, my God, I'm going crazy. <laughs> they do have, like, a little sand thing with kids <laughs> playing shit. Yeah, dude, it was, uh, <coughs> it took a while for them to kick in and shit, too, like, because yeah. I, I only, having not done them for a while, I just kind of dipped my toes in the water, and mm. I just took a gram, and, uh, <coughs> like, they started, they started kicking in, and I wasn't really feeling anything, and then we were just kind of sitting there, and I could kind of start getting a body buzz. We're minding our business, and I looked over to my right, and I see somebody coming, walking across the... Because we were sitting on, like, the face of a dune. Yeah. And uh, I see a a, a friend of mine. Was it Jesus? No, it wasn't Jesus. 
We but, all need Jesus to be our friend, bro. But it was it was my friend. Actually, he's a he's a fucking Illinois native. But uh, Jesus is our friend. Yeah, my friend Truff found us on accident. Not even like he didn't even know we were out there. So he came over and started talking to us. And the Michigan Cannabis Cup is this weekend. And Truff nice. Truff has he's a judge. So he had got sent his judging pack, and he had a bunch of these pre-rolled fucking cones. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'm like, a judge. I'm like, or someone that just really likes smoking weed. Well, you, I mean, you get, in, you have to be invited by high times. Yeah, yeah. He, but I'm saying, like, how, how can you, like, I thought, like, if they send it to him pre and he gets to do, like, one one day and then the next day, okay. But, like, if you're just smoking it all that one day, I don't think you could judge he's him. Not, like well, you have to take notes on each thing. Yeah. It's not like you're just smoking it and then you you go, oh, okay, this is okay. good. Like you have to you have to take note. Like we he asked because he was sharing it with us. He asked all of us about our opinions of it and shit like that too. And he has to include that on his in his judging notes. So he has to take notes on the shit. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, it's not just but there, but it I, is. I remember, but it is basically like last year he was judging oil, so he was just sitting around fucking dabbing grams of oil all day. How can you tell at a certain like after the. <laughs> You could tell what the base hit, but then after that, it's just base hit on top of hit on top of hit on top of hit on top of this. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, but you just have to leave one one per day. Like, nah, sorry, dude. Today I'm doing fucking true OG. Tomorrow I can hit that. Right. Right. Or just try not to smoke the whole gram and just take a dab of this a little while later. Take a dab of that. Yeah. Because that motherfucker's got a high dab tolerance anyway, but. So he found us, smoked us out, and then when he left, like as soon as he left, because we had all managed to kind of keep it together. I told him, like eventually, because I could feel like we were all being weird. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, man, so we took mushrooms, so if we're kind of weird, that's why. He was just like, oh. And you, were, you were eating your friend's face, and you're like, hey, if if I'm kind of weird, it's because I'm on shrooms. No, nah, it's just like we were we were all like. And the other two guys wouldn't really make eye contact because they didn't really know him that well. You know, just just yeah. feeling weird because you're on shrooms. No, exactly. I, I know the feeling because it's I remember so just, when I was on shrooms and people were and I was like, get the hell away. Well, and like he does a lot of fucking hallucinogens and shit like that. So um, I knew I, I felt comfortable being like, yo, Truff, we're on shrooms. So if shit seems weird, that's why. Like anybody else, I probably wouldn't say anything. Yeah. But um. It was fucking tripped, man, watching the sun come down. And then we walked down the dunes onto the beach. Water was, like, crashing against the fucking shore. And it was it was sweet. It was a good time. That, that's awesome, dude. That's some of, That sounds like a badass time. Yeah. That's one thing I have been able to experience is the the sunset. We uh, we did go outside and uh, we, we did watch the sunset. And the colors that vibrated off of the fucking sunset, it was some of the most beautiful shit yeah, ever. Yeah, dude. It like was, people don't people are like eh, whatever hippie you fucking dumb fuck no yeah. do shrooms and then come talk to me after you've looked at colors colors are not the and then people are like what are they duller I'm like nah they just get they just pop in your face when you're on shrooms especially like, colors are colors especially the sunset over Lake Michigan man I it, mine wasn't over a lake mine was just the sun but I I can imagine over Lake Michigan would be something else yeah bro. just even that much more yeah I mean the sunset on a boat. The sunsets are beautiful anyway, but the sunset over Lake Michigan sitting in a fucking dune, that shit was that shit was wild. Wild. I want to do it again really badly. 
that sounds that sounds like a badass time. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. It, it like, I don't know, like they said, it it psilocybin does do triggers things in your brain for like depression and stuff like like, like I felt weird as fuck the next day. I didn't really talk to anybody. I just kind of was real introspective and just was like by myself. I didn't, I played mm-hmm. little video games. I watched some movies and TV, but like I was mostly just kind of thinking about shit. <laughs> I felt great, but just, yeah, they say, they say it opens you up to new experiences and different stuff. Like you're a little bit more open to it. And I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. I, I think, I think the times that I've done shrooms, I've maybe it was cause I was in college and I'm still growing. But who knows? I could have not done shrooms and been a lot more stubborn than what I am now. And I just decided to take shrooms one time. And then I I think I've just been open to more food, music, different experiences and different stuff that I normally wouldn't have been interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Before the shrooms. It's just all about your mindset going in, obviously, your environment Mm -hmm. and who you're with. You know what's funny? I I don't feel dirty and I don't feel wrong when I tell people I've done shrooms. I feel dirty and I feel wrong and I'll forever feel unclean when I tell people I've done coke. I can never take that back. That's one I wish I could take back. I, I don't know why. I just wish I, I – I feel dirty. Like I feel dirty. Like I hear, I hear people like before I would be proudly saying, hey, I've never done coke. No, I was like, no, nah, I've done coke once. I'll never do it again, but still. Smoke. I I, I've never done it. Smoked it once, and I was. Re- it, it was weird. I didn't like it at all. I was mm. real. It was the most shallow I've ever hit a joint in my life. Like I wasn't freebasing it. We, we yeah. you know, we were smoking a fucking Jeffrey or whatever. Yeah, but shrooms. I would definitely tell people they I, corn dog. I would recommend it at least once. Coke now, but yeah, shrooms. I would definitely recommend like. If you've never done shrooms, I'd say do shrooms once. Take a fucking day off. Take two days off and do shrooms one day and then yeah. think yourself, about it the next day. Yeah, give yourself respect. your recovery day. Yep. I think I think society would be a lot better off. And again, people are gonna be like, what a what a what a fucking hippie. No, no. like it's no it's true. Like I think we'd be a lot more caring, um, a lot more giving and a lot more sympathetic towards people if we actually did that. But you know, yeah. they think we're they think we're fucking hippies and crazy. That's, that's fine. I'm cool with being a hippie. I had a good time with my friends and my or my friend and my cousin in the fucking in the hills. That's awesome. And I fucking laughed a lot. And then we came back yeah. to my house and I laughed a lot more. Yeah, I won't. Uh, if if you if you don't have a bad trip, you're kind of like you're in bliss for some reason. Yeah. Well, you, snap in and out of it but you're really bliss blissful i've had one bad trip out of all of my trips and i've had over a, i know i've had over a dozen it's not a super high number but it's high enough like i felt like three or four probably three yeah i'd have to sit down and actually count but it's probably over a dozen that's not bad for not doing them for 10 years yeah what? what? Awesome. <laughs> All right, let's get into UFC Utica. Utica, upstate New York. Upstate New York. 
New York pizza or Chicago's pizza? Jeff, you're from Michigan. New York. Actually, New York or Detroit. Bro, I don't I don't like pizza casserole. Like I just deep like I'm not a thin crust guy at all. But I I, I don't dislike Chicago style, but if I have to pick, I'm I'm more of a Brooklyn or Detroit style pizza than uh in Chicago. Sorry, bro. It's too it's too much, man. It Damn. is. I'll give you that. I can only eat a slice or or two. It's max. too it's too goddamn much. But when you get Recco Benny's pizza, is it Chicago style or is it regular no. pizza? Nah. No. Yeah. And that's like Chicago fucking eats right there, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Same. I don't know. We just we just got to do pizza different, I guess. We don't want to copy New York. But it is a pizza pie. It's a pizza pie. Hey. I mean, it's still a pizza pie. Yeah. They they do like a weird one now too <laughs> over here in Chicago where they actually it's like a bread bowl with cheese in it and shit. It's like, too uh, much sauce. Not enough fucking cheese and shit. Which one the Chicago style? <laughs> Chicago. No, you need to go to Giordano's if you don't think there's enough cheese. There's too much cheese. All right. You've never been to Giordano's? No. No. All we're, right. Next next time if you come, that's where you got to go. We have a Giordano's like 45 minutes away from here. No, they, they probably make the same. I mean, it's a franchise of the. Yeah, it's a franchise. But yeah, next time I'm in Chicago, you can take me to Giordano's or I'll just be like, fuck it, let's just get Recco's. Yeah, right? Uh, back to Recco Benny's. <laughs> Dude, my cousin goes and works in Chicago fairly rec- or fairly frequently uh, for his job. And I was, when I came back, I was like, yo, next time you're in Chicago, got to go to Recco's and get the fucking breaded steak. I'm spreading the good word, sir. Nice. Uh, Action Bronson did one on... His show, the he did a segment on Breco Benny's. Nice, and they got his order wrong because they don't make it with the sauce on the side. So they and he's like, I don't want the sauce on the side. And then he bit it. And he's like, You know what? He's like, If this is how they make it, I guess this is how they make it. And then he had to eat it like that. <laughs> <laughs> and his fat ass hated it, and he liked it. Oh, he loved it. Yeah, of course he did. Of course he his, did. Him and all his dudes. Of course they did. Big body best. Ah, I love big body best. Mayhem. Mayhem Lauren's my favorite. Mayhem Lorenovich. Yeah, I like I like Mayhem. <clears throat> Didn't take long for my boy Marlon Marais to take care of that 20 fucking fight win streak. I nope, told y'all. When are you gonna stop sleeping on Marlon Marais? I think the no, person I'm that was just... sleeping on Marlon was <laughs> your I know, ex-co-host. I know. I'm just bugging around. I'm just bugging around. <laughs> Nah, Marlon. Marlon did the thing. That fucking kick was like the the pop off of it was loud. That thump. Yeah. That was yeah. that ankle up against. I'm surprised Marlon didn't break his fucking ankle. Yeah, and it was a switch kick, but I like pointing out that he did set it up. People don't like. They don't like uh, pointing out the setup. He set it up with a jab, and yeah. I like he was setting up with simple strikes, baiting Jimmy. He's like, "Hey, look, I'm, a, I'm, I'm gonna start off really simple, and then as soon as he." As soon as he fainted with it and Jimmy bit on the faint, he's like, okay, I got him. He was he was timing him dropping his hands, too. Mm-hmm. He was dropping that hand up against his face a lot. And Marlon fucking timed it and ankle bone up against the side he, of the face. 
even when you see the the switch kick, he initially just the initial first movements are kind of of a jab feint, but it doesn't. Yep. He's already like, here it comes, psych, and he's Bam. switching. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And it, and he had Jimmy reacting to it, like you said. He dropped his hands, and he had that timed already. And it's awesome because we are seeing the the game evolving, and it, it might not be evolving because some guys are already at the, at this step, but we're seeing more and more guys be at this level. Where they're able to adapt in in-game situations. Yeah. And that's what makes people killers. That's what makes them get the knockouts and get the chokeouts and get the submission victories. And that's what makes pro athletes pro athletes. That's what that's why they're in baseball. They make this they're able to fucking switch it up and pick up on something that the pitcher's doing and switch it up. Okay, I know he's doing this one, so let me switch it up and do this. Boom. Able to get it out of there. And Marlon is a goddamn killer. Dude, and the, the thing is, he's been able to do it in his past two fights in the first round. Because mm-hmm. on, Al, on Aljo, he picked up on the takedown, and he caught him with the knee to the face when initially it was a roundhouse kick to the face. Aljo shot in while this guy had already was going to go for the kick. While he's coming in, he adjusted to where the knee connects to the fucking chin and knocks out Aljo. Yep. And he did it here where he adjusted. Well, I think he already had predicted what was going to go on because he he had seen him bit. So he's like, fuck it, switch kick, boom. But those little in-game adjustments are what is giving Marlon the advantage to put away these guys so fast. And I think it took him maybe the first two fights to kind of get it. But he was he beat a Sun Tzu, in my opinion. He didn't get the victory. I said but the th- same thing. He beat yeah. a Sun Tzu. He beat a Sun Sao and he got fucked in Brazil. Yeah. So I hope they don't stop this guy's momentum because Marlon's coming like a fucking train right now. No, I don't see them holding him up. I would say he's next in line for the winner of uh, of TJ and, and fucking Cody. Yeah, I was talking about it earlier because if Cody wins, they, what if they try to make the trilogy? That's that's the only way I can see them keeping this guy away. I don't see them going back to the TJ DJ fight, especially now with this. It depends if if Cody wins by knockout. I could see the the trilogy fight if it goes the distance. They'll probably, unless it's a really really close fight, they'll uh, they'll move it with Marlon. But if they don't, if 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 they if they do decide to do the trilogy, then you get, you can go with fucking Marlon versus uh, oh, Dominator. Sh- Dominator, yeah, versus Dominator. <coughs> Super impressed by Marlon, man. Run it back. I mean, <coughs> yeah, Marlon. Marlon has been super impressive. In his last two fights, and really, I think he's been impressive his entire time in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And and I hope this opens up more and more people's eyes to to maybe venturing out. And maybe I'm I, I don't do it as much as I should venturing out and watching some of the lower promotions. But I do. I record LFA and I try to catch it. And um, the PFL's coming on. Uh, I think very soon. June. It's sometime yeah. this month. Uh, yeah, yeah they're the opening fights. And um, I'm definitely going to check some of those out. But So from World Series of Fighting, we've had uh, Marlon Marias. He was champion at 135. And then we had Justin Gaethje come from there as well. 
which was champion at one and David Branch. 155 and David Branch, which was a two title holder at 185 and 205. So we, we've had some good guys coming out of there. And Marlon won, was he a two weight champion there? I'm not sure. I think, might be four, right on I think he was 35 and 45, maybe. I or think I, you might be right on that one. Or am I thinking of Tom Dukenwa, who wasn't mm-hmm. who wasn't in World Series, but Tom was a two way champion. Okay, but I don't know about Marlon. Yeah, but Marlis has been beasting, and um, yeah, like I said, maybe this opens up people's eyes to check out other promotions. Like I said, we had to got that guy uh, with the uh, with the one arm, Nick Newell. That's, yeah, we got Nick Newell coming in as well. I think he was in World Series of Fighting. Well, he's going to be in the Contender Series. Yeah, he's going to be in the Contender Series, but I think he's probably going to win. I, I I got him winning. He he's he, I've seen him fight, and at first Nick, I was Nick's amazed. got skills. No, he's yeah, he's a no, good fighter. I, I, yeah, the first couple times I saw him, I was, I was like, damn, how's this going to go down? But after like the second fight I saw of him, I was like, I'm not worried about this guy anymore. He's he's a skillful fighter. He put on a competitive fight against Justin Gaethje. Yeah, and um, yeah, Marlon Marias. Magic. He's like Marlon's a smaller Frankie Edgar with more power. Yeah, and, and it's funny because they, they all train together. Right. He's and um he he's like game plan. He's got kicks. Yeah, he's got kicks like his uh his boy fucking uh, Edson Barbos. Yeah, him and Edson fucking came through together, and <laughs> he's like a little Frankie Edgar with power, with more power. Frankie's got power, yeah. but. What do you think this says about uh, Rivera? Because he had gone 20 in a row, and to be honest, who had he really beaten? Like, Almeida wasn't really proven. No. Um, Faber was at the end of his fucking career. Yeah, Faber was at the end of his <laughs> career. Alcantara, not a top uh, 10. Maybe he'll reach 10. And Marcus Brimage. Yeah. Um, Connor slept in yeah. his first fight. Look, they're good fighters, but Jimmy Rivera had kind of <coughs> negotiated, I would say negotiated his way up there, kind of uh, refused fights and only taken fights that progressed him. And you know what? Good for him. It worked out, but, but compared, once you get to the top. Compared to the resume, Marlon yeah. Marais, and, and, and I said this back when, when it happened, Like I felt like it took a lot of balls for Marlon Marais to come in and immediately go, Give me the best guy you got. Okay, you want me to take on the number three guy in the company? Let's do it. Instead of taking a, a an, an easier fight to to stake his way into the organization, he's like, "No, nah, fuck that. Let's go. Give me give me Rafael Asuncao, who is one of your best guys at one thirty five, and yeah, and he and, beat him, and he beat and him. They're like, yeah, and then they're like, here's John Dotson. Okay, yeah, that, and that's quote, what I was, that, and that's what I was gonna say. Okay, so you lose. Now you're gonna get John Dotson, who is one of the best at 125 and came up, knocked out people right away. You know, moving up a weight class, not an easy fight whatsoever. Yeah, Dotson, Dotson, nowhere near an easy fight, and he's still. You know, continued to take that, take care of that. Defeated John Dotson, knocked, knocked out, out Sterling, Sterling. <laughs> and then now he fucking gave it to Rivera. And now he slept Rivera and took care of his twenty win streak. So yeah, thirty three seconds, man. This guy's looking very impressive, my friend. All you people sleeping on Marlon, wake the fuck up! I told you, I told you. 
21 and 5. He's 14 and 1 since he's gotten with uh, Mark Henry. He's a beast, man. And his I, only and losses to Sunsa. I really want to see him and TJ fight. I think that's a good fight. That'd be an interesting fight. I think him and, I think fight. him and Cody would be a good fight too. But mm-hmm. I want TJ to win that fight. So and then I'm gonna have a real fucking dilemma on my hands trying to pick between TJ and and Marlon. I just want to see TJ and Cody fight. I I I, I I'm gonna pick a winner when it comes down to it. But to be honest, I don't care. I just want to see him fight. Like I I I. I if I didn't have to pick, if I didn't have to pick, I wouldn't pick. I just go super excited into watching this fight, but I'll pick. I'll pick. I'm excited for it, but um, I dislike both of them for reasons. But I really, really like their fighting styles. So I like. I, I don't like Cody, you know, for stuff that he does, and I don't like TJ for stuff that he's done and said. But you know, I like how they fight, so. What's like out of the ring is out of the ring, and what's in the ring is in the ring. I like TJ. I like Dwayne. I like Dwayne, yeah. Dwayne, but bang. I'm on I'm on fucking Team Dillashaw. Mm. Team Killashaw. But I've been I've been riding with TJ for a while. TJ's a badass, dude. I wished I would have had badass. I wished I would have had some money when he fought Brawl so I could have won. Yeah, right? I took, that would have been nice. I took that upset. I took it. I called it. And that would have been nice. I went. Speaking of pretty impressive, Gregor Gillespie looks, looked fucking really impressive. Mm-hmm. Not only displaying amazing wrestling prowess, which we knew he had. He's a Division One national champion and one of the top in the country. Probably would have been an Olympian if it weren't for being in the same weight class as Jordan Burroughs, who is arguably the best wrestler in the world in his weight class, and also Kyle Dake, who was a four-time national champion, and David Taylor. There's a lot of beasts in there with with Gillespie, so in his post-collegiate wrestling career. But Mm -hmm. high-level dominant wrestling, his ground and pound looked great. His ability to pass... And transition into positions were fucking on fire. And then he got the, the choke in the second round. Yeah. Um, he definitely needs to be ranked at least in the top 15. He, was, he wasn't he was even in the top 20. But with his skill set and how he, he beat Pichel, um, and, and seeing how tough Pichel is, or Pichel, whatever the fuck his name is. Pichel. Pichel. Um, I think you'd have to you'd have to move up uh, Gillespie a lot just because they haven't been giving him the respect that he deserves. He's twelve and zero. This is what one, two, three, four, five in the in the UFC, and uh, all of them but one finishes. So uh, let's get him up there. Um, I think he's going to be dangerous, especially with uh, being a wrestler at one fifty five and a dominant uh, pressure heavy wrestler. It's going to be interesting uh, to see who they match him up against next. Yeah. <clears throat> um, interesting thing, though, I, I, I noticed before with Gillespie, and I don't know if I ever brought it up on the show, but uh, did you are you familiar with anybody that was in uh, Gillespie's corner? Mm, no. So I... one one of one of Gillespie's coaches, the one he uh, he hugged 
like jump when he won and he jumped up on the cage and he was hugging a guy that that's the coach I'm talking about. His name is Joe Scarola. Uh, okay. Joe Scarola was on the ultimate fighter season with uh, Sarah and, and Hughes. Joe was like Matt Hughes's fucking prodigy. It was in Matt. He, one of his best friends was in Matt's wedding, all this shit. Right. So mm-hmm. Matt gets Joe on the fucking show and Joe quits. Doesn't get beat. Quits. Twice, actually. They talked him out of it. And he quit for, like, some girl or whatever. And it damaged his relationship with Matt. Like, he was a teacher at one of Matt's, at Matt's school and shit like that. And so, and now, so since then, he's formed this new team. And now he's got Gregor Gillespie and a few other fighters that he's a coach for. Nice. But, yeah, it's the, it's the rival gym for Sarah Longo. Um, over also a rival to Matt Hughes now, though. Um, I don't know how much of a rivalry there is there. Yeah, I don't but know. But it's fun I mean, from. Well, it's funny because it, it it at least has ties back to Matt Hughes. Yeah, but I mean that you know, like I said, he he walked out of that season and and like that was one of the things that Matt told him before he quit. He was like, "If you quit, like." You don't have a job to go back to. You're you're fired. You don't. You're not at my school anymore. So, that whole thing must have really fucked up their relationship. Yeah, and I, so much so that I, I I can't remember. There was a couple other fighters that I had noticed Joe with before, but Gillespie is the one that sticks out to me the most. And it's just I don't know. It's just one of those things that fascinates me that never gets talked about, and I really yeah. can't wait to see a fight where Gillespie will be in there with somebody against or against somebody from uh, Sarah Longo. So we can see Matt and Joe across the cage from each other. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Well, average Joe's fucking useless information for you. That's MMA information, bro. Brought to you by me. Isn't all MMA information kind of just really useless? If you think about it, like, yeah, Unless yeah. you like MMA, then it's not. But if you don't, then it's it's pretty useless. <laughs> Walt Harris picks up the TKO finish of Daniel Spitz in the second round. Not I got nothing really to say about this fight. I wasn't really. I got a little bit to talk, say about it. If you if the I had to touch on it. The flow is um, if you have something. What's his name? Uh, not Walt Harris. Daniel Spitz. Uh, Daddy Longlegs. Yeah, he really surprised me though. He he had some he had some bouncy striking and he was moving very well, but it just wasn't enough for Walt Harris's power. And eventually pressed him against the cage and beat the fuck out of him there. But initially, I thought Walt Harris was in danger if if Daniel could have uh, gotten a lot more comfortable and established himself in the distance. That's. What I was going to say is the problem is, is that Spitz didn't use the distance in his reach. And his corner was yeah. talking to him about it after the first round. And he also never really felt comfortable after that kick landed into his elbow. Yeah. And, yeah, and uh, Walt powered the fuck out of him. Walt's Hulk got him. a lot of Hulk power. Smashed. Yeah. The thing with Harris that if, if I'm going to fight Harris, I'm noticing is how like he was he I mean he did he was able to get the finish but you look at him in between rounds and he looked gassed. Yeah. He he needs to work on his cardio. His cardio is shit. 
or stop like trying said, to kill everybody yeah. in the first round. Well, Spitz was like I said, he did have good movement for a little bit, but uh, just wasn't enough. Just wasn't enough. Like he, he wasn't he wasn't setting up a jab with it. He wasn't establishing a kick with it. He was just moving very well. He was pretty bouncy and uh, circling away, but yeah. that's not enough to stop Walt Harris at, to a certain point. Yeah, I don't know, man. It just he he's got to do something. You got to start working your cardio a little bit better. <laughs> Walt Harris did have two two L's that you know were kind of unfortunate. One to Verdum with the late replacement, and then the other one went to a DQ, which really wasn't on him. I think. Yeah. The Verdum one, I think that that loss helped him more than anything. Yeah, it, it should have showed him where he was on the Jits level, well, like on his Jits. Not even that. I mean, it just helped him in the favor of the USC because he stepped yeah. up on mm-hmm. short-ass notice to take on Verdum, basically mm-hmm. being a sacrificial lamb unless, hey, maybe I can catch him with one good haymaker. Yeah, it's like, hey, you want to fucking... You want to jump into the into the ocean with the shark? You got a pen, but you got to jam him in the eye, and that's your only one shot to get him. Yep. He's like, all right, I got it. All right, <laughs> let, let go. me try this real quick. Let's, let's see what's up. Yeah. Uh, man, my biggest complaint about this whole card overall was just the fucking pacing of it. Like six fights on the main card. It was, I mean, it was almost midnight before here, before Rivera and, and Marais even was stepping into the cage. Yeah, and luckily that was a short one. Yeah, well, I left. I, we were all over. It was me and two other people were at my friend Todd Bobby's house, and I was falling asleep because I'd been up <laughs> since fucking early. And I was falling asleep. I made it through the Gillespie fight. And they were getting ready to run the video package for Rivera and Marais. And I was like, man, fuck this. This fight's not going to start till goddamn 1 o'clock in the morning. It might even have been 1230. It probably was 1230. Yeah, it was. It was 1230. So I was like, man, this shit's not going to start till like 1 o'clock in the morning. And I left and went home. By the time I got home, the fight was over. But... It, it, dude, I hope, I hope to fucking God when they move to with ESPN... That the fucking pacing. We don't need all these extra video packages to fill time and shit. Just yeah, that sucks because I guess they have the time slot already allocated, right? So they they're like, shit, this fight's over. Let's just fill it in with commentary and commercials. Yeah, but I but I think ESPN will do a better job of. I, I heard, of yeah, I I heard some someone saying something about that that they're actually gonna, you know, fights over. Let's speed it up and get the other, the other one. Yeah. Well, especially, especially early on, especially early on, like the the prelims and shit. This whole card just the pacing of it was fucking horrible, for especially mm-hmm. for a Friday night too. Yeah, like a Friday night card, you should be done by midnight in the east. If you're gonna pace them out like this as well, start them earlier. Yeah, if you want all these commercials, start them earlier. That too. Or the video packages, like I don't need twenty-five minute video packages on every on yeah Marlon Marais and and Jimmy Rivera. It's like we're here already to watch the fight. Like who's tuning in? Like oh, let me see this video package, and then I might stick around for the main event. It's like no, I'm already here. We're here. We're queer. We don't <laughs> want any more bears. <laughs> Sorry, that's from The Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. 
<laughs> but the you, bear text. And you don't need to start these video packages in between the Baloo Muhammad and, and fucking Rock and Tour fight. Or in between Lentz and Tamar and Muhammad and Run Contour. Like that didn't that didn't, shit. It, it's just stupid. Anyway, back to the card. My dude, kill a bee, kill a yeah, bee, kill a bee, dude. With that beautiful knee, dude. He's got some of the sickest knees in the game. Yeah, man. Ben's a tough motherfucker. Yeah, folded Ellenberger and just capitalized. Yep. Well, Ellenberger wasn't going to recover. They, that knee should have just stopped it, but he kind of got a couple more shots in. Yeah, that that knee was was. I mean, he caught him in the rib and the liver. It was done for. He might have broken something. Oh yeah. Yup. Saw my man Boogie Martinez in the corner. Tenth Planet freaks. Yeah, I was looking out for uh, Eddie no- Noisy Brav. Nah, Noisy Brav. I I didn't figure Eddie to be flying out. If it would have been in California, probably, but probably he's only coming into the fight if like. A, if Joe's going to be there or Tony's fighting. Because Boogie, Boogie's like the the main trainer of the 10th Planet Freaks okay, in San Diego. And I think he does a lot of MMA training with guys, too, because he fights or used to fight. I don't know if he's still fighting or if he's just strictly doing jits. But I'd like to interview Boogie. 99% cool. sure he smokes weed. <laughs> yeah, that from Cali. Yeah, fuck yeah. Cali with a fucking huge beard like mine and big ass uh, plugs and yeah. shit. People that live in Cali and don't smoke weed, what the fuck's wrong with you? Cops. <laughs> All right, are they still not allowed to smoke weed if you're a cop? Why? I don't know, dude. Because isn't home. it kind of hypocritical for you to arrest somebody when you're at home getting high? Well, fucking no more. <laughs> you were sending me a link. I need to read that when I Yeah, was, uh... you need to go read that because it's uh it was about a bill that's on its way to possibly make I'm just a bill. It's gonna yeah, it's gonna amend your bill. it's gonna amend your medical marijuana law so you would be able to get a card. And I'm sitting on top of Capitol Hill. So that, yeah, you wouldn't, or a legislator, I don't fucking remember. Read the goddamn article I sent you. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, I do have back issues. Exactly. Well, I kind of cured them with uh, sleeping on the floor, but they don't need to know that, right? Yeah, they don't need to know that, but they're going to approve, if that gets passed, it's going to approve medical marijuana as a pain reliever, Mm. and we'll be able to make it so that it's not just for dying, that you won't just have to be dying to get your card in Illinois. Awesome. So soon, yeah. my friend, you will be able to to get a card, and know good what, man, know what it feels like to live the legal life. Yeah, in fuck Indiana, and then you can come to Michigan and get weed. See, that's yes, this needs to happen for you because Michigan recognizes my card. Yeah, because you can walk in. Well, only five states I've, that I know of now recognize outside state cards. Colorado doesn't. Right. California doesn't. Michigan does, Arizona does, but I've heard they're kind of fucky about it. Vegas does, and then there's two on the eastern seaboard, like uh, New Hampshire and Maine, okay. something. But Michigan is one of one of the five. So you get your card, then you can come visit, and we can go fucking go to some dispensaries, 
and they'll take your card, and you can buy weed in Michigan, and it's all good. Awesome. Yeah. So even more of an excuse and a reason for you to come to Michigan to visit. Ba-boom. Yep. <clears throat> Boom. Big win for Ben Saunders. He needed that shit. That doesn't really do anything for him and anything, but it probably keeps his job. Yeah. Probably uh, not for Ellenberger. He's probably out. No, I, that's, yeah, Ellenberger's done. I mean. It's like, I think, his fifth loss in a row. Yeah. And he, and he got kicked out once already, and then he begged, and he won one, and then lost. Right, like five and he was, goal. at that point, he was on, like, here, I'm waiting for it to load. Cool. Sweet internet. Fuck you, Comcast. I got to take my modem back. Ever since I, I upgraded my old modem that I've had for years to their, to their brand new modem. Yeah, but ever since I've done it, I've had nothing but fucking problems. Mm. I don't have any problems, so I might just that's, keep it. That's same. what I'm saying. I didn't have any problems with my old modem. Everything mm. worked fine. And they recently came and changed the wiring because that's what was wrong. I don't know if you remember. I didn't have internet for a couple of days. Yeah. He lost three in a row since beating Brown and had lost five of six before that. Two in a row with a win over Josh Koscheck in the middle of a three-loss and two-loss sandwich. Yeah, it's for tough. He's probably going to get For Jake Ellenberger. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. He'll probably go to Bellator and get beat up some more. Or PFL, bro. Or PFL. He, he could do okay in PFL. He could do okay over there. Still got to deal with John Fitch. Or no, wait, wants- no. John Fitch went to Bellator. Maybe one, yeah. Maybe he wants to go to a one FC overseas. Mm, maybe who knows? Maybe, but I doubt it. I doubt it. He'll probably go. I doubt. Com- I doubt Combats. I doubt he's going there. No, and he's not. There, there's no reason for him to go to uh, Ryzen. Dude, mm-hmm. I'm fucking really high. Can't remember shit <laughs> today. I'm tired as fuck too. I slept like garbage last night. I just had two coffees and pretty good. Yeah. Opening fight of the card, smiling Sam Elvey picks up the decision win over Jean Falante. Good fight Our for boy, Sam. Sam Elvey. Yeah, dude, good fight for Sam. Sam yeah, looked dude, good. Did you see Jean was coming like a killer? Just yeah, kicking man. the crap out of Elvey. And Elvey's like, ah, ah, ah. eating it. Yeah, toughing him out and then fucking getting the victory. Dude, Jean Falante is no ho. Uh-uh. He, he actually held on because uh, Al- Alvy almost fucked him up and almost uppercutted him to death. Yeah, he dropped him in the first. Yeah, and then I think that's what kind of made uh, Jean hesitate more on coming in with the kicks full force. And I think it uh, opened the door for Alvy to uh, land more of his strikes and establish himself more in the fight and pick up the win. Alvy well, was a powerful 185-er. Yeah. And... Dude, and he's still bigger than Jean. Yeah. Yeah, that that just shows you how big of a cut that Sam was doing to make 185, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no need for it anymore. No. Uh, and he called out uh, Jared Cannonier. No, he didn't call out Jared Cannonier. He called out um, uh, Corey Anderson. There we go. Sorry, I fucking... I don't yeah. know. I got those two. He called up. out Corey Anderson, and then unfortunately, after the fight, we found out that Corey Anderson was dealing with a sick relative or somebody that died. Uh, yeah, died. His uncle. His uncle had just died. 
<laughs> and that's why he didn't respond. And Sam, being a class act that he is, apologized. He didn't, you know, obviously didn't know and wished his family the best of wishes and everything like that. Because Sam's okay. a fucking class act. Yeah. He's a badass. Yeah. You should get him on the show so we could interview him again. Yeah. I or sh- or I, so you can, and I can get a chance to. I should I should hit Sam up and see if we can get him back on. I'm sure he'll do down. it, too. Oh, He's I know he'll do it. does everyone. I'm sure he would do it. I He's do an awesome have, dude. I do have his number. Uh, Featured FS1 prelim, Sajara Eubanks dominates Lauren Murphy. <laughs> Yeah, that fight, that fight sucked. Like most of the, most of the, let's be real, most of the prelims were pretty shitty. (laughs) Well, this one especially, I can at least enjoy some of the other ones. This one I did not enjoy. No, this one was was bad. It was bad. It was boring. Uh, Sajara did get behind her fucking her jab. She was able to establish that and get some takedowns, but. She really didn't do much on the floor because Lauren was controlling her, but still getting pushed through when attempting submissions. Yeah. So, like, it really wasn't anything. So she just wasn't able to land heavy strikes, but she also was able to push through the submissions. So it was it was boring. It was it was a boring fight. It was boring. Do you think Sajara was just kind of trying to play it safe to just get you know fighting just to get the win and not take any risks? Yeah, but then she called for a title shot, which I don't think it. Warrants a title shot. Not so much that, but I mean, she does kind of sort of have a stake at the claim. Does she not? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Because she, uh, well, she did miss weight. That's kind of on her, right? She should have fought for the title and she missed weight. Yeah, it is on her. It It is on her. That's That's her fault, but. Does Lauren Murphy get her? A, and the division is so shallow, I guess, right? They really. It's hard. Like, I don't. There's no one else in that division because it's so young. I mean, Val- Valentina's there, but does Valentina's win? Oh, well, the thing it? is, Sajara called for the winner of Valentina, Nico. Okay. If that fight's going to go down, then yeah, then she, if she's. If she's not trying to jump, if she's not contesting and jumping um, Valentina, then, yeah, I see no reason why Sajara shouldn't get the winner. We, we need... I want to argue, argue, but I really have no argument because there's no one else. There's that, there's that too, but, I mean, it's just like I, I want to see her. I, I mean, I want to see her versus Nico to see who would have won that Ultimate Fighter fight. I I want to see that, but, but it's I think, not going to happen. I think Valentina's no. I think ultimately Valentina's going to win. So do I. And we'll see Valentina Sajara. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's probably what happen. David Tamer picked up the decision win over Nick. The Lex. Tamer brothers going yeah. one and one. Yeah, not a good night for Daniel Tamer. No, but David has been doing very well in the UFC. This is his fifth straight victory, yep. undefeated in the UFC. David's a tough dude. No. And he's racked up some uh, some all right names on his resume. Yeah. Nick Lentz being one of them. Jakar Close. Um, Lando Venata, I think. Yeah, it was. That, he beat Lando. He, he beat up Lando Venata. Watch that fight. If you guys want to watch a badass fight, watch uh, Lando Funky Venata, I think is his nickname. Yep. 
and uh, groovy. Daniel Groovy. Groovy. Groovy versus David Tamer. That one's a badass fight. Fight of the year candidate. Funky is uh, Ben Askren. Ben Askren, yeah. UFC 209, Woodley versus Thompson, March 4th, 2017, if you guys want to check out that fight. Look at you. But uh, he's 8-1. This is a good win for Tamer. I mean, he needs he's just continuing to roll. Yeah. Just continuing to roll. Just uh, there, was, there was a little bit of criticism because there was a little bit of a raking of the eyes. Uh, he's... I, he's He's done that before too. He's he's not exactly the most clean fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there was a grabbing of the cage. Yep. Uh the ref should take points. The ref should be establishing himself more. Well, the rules, if he warned them before the match and it's still going on, then what's the warning before the match? Why not save the warning for the match if that's what you're going to do? Yeah, exactly. Cuz you're just going to ultimately give him a warning again anyway. Mhm. I like I said I I would like to argue against what he did, but the referee didn't even do anything about it. So he he picks up the he picks up the win on Nick Lentz, and it wasn't even that much. Like he, I don't think that I don't think his fingers went into the eyes. I think it was more pushing off of his face and the hand going down. Still, watch your fingers. There's eyes there. He did it twice, and then grabbing the cage is still a lot of guys do that. But still, call them on it. They won't do it if you fucking take a point or. Right. Take half a point or something? I don't know. If it starts fucking affecting their fight. Yeah. I like I like David Tamer. I like his fighting style. He's pressure forward. He can he and he, he can instigate the the attack, but he can also uh land strikes uh backing away when guys are coming yeah. at him. His his counter striking and his uh his kickboxing is Really good. Strong kicks. Dangerous strong kicks. Let's clean up the dirtiness, but I like I like I like the Tamer brothers. Uh Blue Mohammed picks up the ever so convincing decision win. Rashant's Recontour. Recontre, whatever. I like Bilal. He's from Chicago. Hey, he was dominant. Three takedowns, one submission attempt, 88 strikes landed, 70 and was significant. A very smart game plan. Uh, Chance being the longer, taller fighter, uh, Bilal didn't give him the opportunity to establish the range. He, he just pressured him, pressured him and established his boxing. Uh, eventually got some takedowns, almost got the, the choke in uh, round three, the rear naked choke. He had a deep triangle, uh, a body triangle. And uh, he was almost sinking it in. Uh, he definitely needs to pick up some wins if he wants to be shot up higher in the division. But he's a very, very smart fighter and a grinder. He will grind you out. And he's uh, tough as nails. Yeah, Balil. His he's caught my attention over his past uh, three fights. I've been I've been keeping my eye on him just because he is from Chicago. But uh, great win, great win. Even though I didn't know who Chance was, but. Chance looked like he was a division bigger than or uh, up than below. He was big. Opening fight of the card: Desmond Green takes apart Glayson Tebow. Tebow needs to just retire. Just hang it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I like Desmond Green, but I really don't see a lot of involvement in his game. He's he's very good at wrestling, but it seems like when he's 
when he wants to wrestle, that's all he sticks to. Or when he gets in danger, that's what he does. In this case, he kind of stuck behind the jab. And, like, round after round started adding a little bit more. So, like, in round two, he started incorporating a little bit more, uh, adding the right hand after the jab. And then round three started uh, landing the uppercut and the hook because he got a lot more comfortable from establishing his jab and the one-two. Never really wrestled. Um, yeah, no I takedowns. For- yeah. I, I, I forgot what round he almost knocked out Gleason in. I don't remember. But, yeah, but uh, Desmond kind of just established his jab. and So I really like Desmond Green, and he's, his skill sets are really good. He's a very good boxer. He can set up the jab. He can set up one-twos. But it seems like he kind of waits and he kind of he's slow to get to it and piece it together. And I know he has all the skills, but I wish he would mix them up a lot faster and faster. I mean, within the rounds and within the fight, because I think he could put a one two takedown really quick. And I I bet he does it in the I bet he does it in the uh, training all the time. And I bet they put together all the shit all the time. But when he gets in there. It seems like he gets to a game plan heavy fight. Like I'm gonna stick behind my jab and I'm gonna establish my jab and I'm gonna establish the one two after the second, like in the second round. And it's not fast enough for him to be finishing his opponents and uh, to be shot up in the rankings a lot faster. He's young, but you know maybe he's just gonna decision his way up in the rankings, but. I wish he would put it together a lot better because I know he has the skill set. He's got very clean skills. Very clean skills. I just wish he mixed them up a little bit more. Fluid. Fluidly or attempted to. Yeah, I was going to say just putting together shit more. Mm-hmm. Because <clears throat> it seems like he's like, I'm boxing. And it's like, he just sticks to boxing. And then he's like, I'm wrestling. And then he just sticks to wrestling. Yeah, and it's instead like... of using his boxing to set up his wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe... They're so scared of the takedown that you don't pick up their hands fast enough and one of those fucking strikes puts them out. And I think he's losing a lot of opportunities that he would be putting himself into to get finishes by mixing it up with the strikes and the and the wrestling. I agree 100%. And I like Desmond Green. Mm-hmm. Just... I, 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 hope he, I hope he puts it together, man. Me too. He's got potential. The potential's there. <laughs> Yeah, there's some guys that, you know, it just takes a little bit of time for them to put it together. And once they put it together, they're unstoppable, man. Yeah. I agree with you, my brother. And uh, you know, let's just talk about the only early prelim fight that matters. Shorty Torres picks up the accidental KO win. We'll call yeah. it. When Jared, yeah. Jared Brooks, who was Pretty much dominating the fight. Yeah, no, you, you, dude. Um, so dropped Shorty early with a spinning back fist. So here's here's my take on it. Uh, of course, Jared was dominating because of that spinning back fist, and he was establishing his punches and significant strikes right away. But to me, it was a matter of. Jose Torres coming forward very quickly and very little defense and kind of being very like, uh, he was aggressive. Yeah, exactly. Maybe like I'm in the UFC, I'm in the UFC, I'm in the UFC. 
And he says it takes him a little bit to, you know, get going. Yeah, he called himself the Justin Gaethje of his division. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jared Brooks did knock himself out, but some credit, even 25, I, I would say 25% credit goes to Jose Torres for getting that knockout. And here's here's why. Getting himself into the position for Brooks. Yeah, to yeah. Fucking... So, yeah, when, when Brooks shot in for the double, he could have picked up and slammed forward. But he couldn't slam forward because uh, Torres locked his waist, and meaning that he he wrapped his arms around the waist, so he couldn't fully extend himself all the way. So his only option was to either jump back with this guy on his on his back or DDT jump to himself. The side. Yeah, and he DDT'd himself with the weight of himself, pretty much, and the weight of Torres coming down on his head. And Again, it was because of Shorty Torres locking, mm-hmm. and he he said it on on uh, on the MMA hour with Ariel Hawani. He locked his he locked his waist by wrapping the arms around the waist and preventing him from swiveling his hips from side to side and dumping him a lot better to the side, or initially just whipping him forward and dropping him on his back. Oh, and Shorty could, and Shorty positioned it as he was in the air going over. He, cause his he kicked his leg from having one on each shoulder over enough to where uh, uh, Jared Brooks's head was exposed more. Mm-hmm. And if Jared wouldn't have gone for that, I think he would. If he would have just stuck to the boxing, because he was very, he was he was landing and escaping and using the outside very well. And uh, Torres was. Willing to keep coming forward, and he could have used it to win a decision victory, or maybe land shots to stop Torres because he did drop him, but he decided to take him down. And yep, you fucked up, son. Did Did you watch Nathaniel Wood and Johnny Eduardo? No, you didn't watch. Dude, that one I'd go back and watch that fight. It was Nathaniel Wood's uh, debut fight. Yeah, the prospect. Johnny Eduardo was using some badass kicks, dude. They were they were exchanging, and. Nathaniel Wood got him in a Darsh position, and he was fighting it, and then he kind of locked the leg so Eduardo wouldn't spin away. So as he's locked in the leg and preventing him from escaping, he kind of locked in the the barbell choke and then let go of the leg and then kind of just dropped down and let the, the pressure sink in into this guy's neck. Goddamn. And, uh, yeah, he got a badass choke uh, halfway into the second round for the prospect. All right, I guess I will have to go back and watch that. Oh, it was a good fight. It was a good, like, even uh, Johnny Eduardo was winning in the striking department, too. He was landing some nice hit and some nice kicks. Like, he's a good Muay Thai dude. No way. I did watch that fight. Yeah, it was right after the Torres one. Yeah. It was a good fight. I think that's when I turned it on. I believe. Nathaniel the Prospect would. Yeah. I mean, besides the pacing, overall it was a pretty good card. Yeah. For a Friday night, nice, nice little Friday evening. Good finish. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the the main card for sure. Yeah. Definitely enjoyed the main card. It's getting a little news and call it a night. You got a dungeon to take care of, bro. Yeah. <coughs> I gotta go to bed. Uh, Dana White has talked about, and it's looking like it's going to happen. They're going to get rid of the early weigh-ins and uh, 
go back to weighing in at the ceremonials. You got to do what you got to do, right? Um, you know. It's not working out for them. It's not. And if you look at the statistics, which I wish this article I had had it in there, but um, they were, there's definitely numbers that show that since these early weigh-ins, We've had a lot more guys and missing and and ladies missing weight, and cards getting or fights getting scrapped, main events getting fucked up. Like, so, yeah, it's it's not a bad thing. No, I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, and they still do the the weigh-in show thing anyway. So, well, yeah, but now instead of it just being ceremonial. Yeah, now it'll be the... They're going to go back to those being the actual weigh-ins. Yeah, which actually, like, held something. People were like, oh, my God, is he going to make weight? Right. So now, uh... No no word on when they will be going back to the old weigh-in system, but I'm definitely definitely on board for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely on board for it. Yeah. Uh, changing the way in policy cannot be made ultimately by the UFC. White said, though, the plan is to work with the athletic commissions. Yeah, I was going to ask that, but I thought maybe he could have just changed it. No. Apparently not. No, because California were the first ones to do this, and then other, um, other athletic commissions followed suit. Oh, no. I lost it. Um, after a rocky couple of weeks, yeah, Rodriguez is back in the <laughs> UFC, and my boy, and will be fighting against Jara or uh, Amid Zabit. Yeah, Zabit, Zabit, not Amid. Yeah, there it is, Zabit Magamid. Sheriff at UFC 228. God damn. God damn. I don't like that fight for Yair, bro. Nah, me neither, dude. I'm very scared. I, I don't I don't like that fight for him. Uh-uh. But you got to come back and, and fight for your job. You, you got to do what you got to do to keep your job, I guess. So Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough fucking fight of very similar styles, but I think Zabit might have uh, a year's number, and oh, I'm a year fan. But dude. I'm a super fucking Zabit fan too, man. I like well, ever since I saw his first fight, I've been, God damn it, man, I hate this shit. Remember, but, remember you know. where where Zabit trains? Yeah, he trains. Yeah, with, exactly. He trains with Mark Henry. They already got his number, man. He, yeah, exactly. They already know the formula to beat him. Yeah, and Zabit's got the wrestling to do it. Yeah. Oh, fuck, man. Sorry, Yair. I'm scared. Years. I'm glad that Yair in the UFC worked it out, so at least Yair will still have a job. But... Yeah, he still belongs in the UFC, but you know, I'm Unle- just glad they worked it out. Unless they cut him again after he loses. You think they'll cut him right away? Yeah. So uh, the other day, a picture surfaced on Twitter of Andrea KGB Lee with her coach and husband Donnie Aaron. Where it was noticed that Donnie was sporting some Nazi ink. Uh, 
There is a swastika visible and uh, I think a few other things. But then there's rumors that there's some SS lightning bolts somewhere too. No, there's the SS bolts as well. I saw them. Is it? Okay. I can only see that. I can't zoom in on the picture in the article, but I can only see the swastika. Yeah, no, I saw I saw the no, I saw both of them. I didn't see the swastika that clearly, but then I saw it. But oh the, no, I see the, the, there's the lightning bolts in the second picture. I didn't scroll down. Yeah, the bolts are there. Yep. So uh, the 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 tattoos came to light on Friday when Lee tweeted a photo of them at the lake showing the twa- the swastika on Donnie's arm. People on social media dug up the photo of his other arm, which has the Nazi SS bolt symbol. Both are considered neo-Nazi hate symbols by the Anti-Defamation League. In a statement, Donnie Aaron apologized to everyone that was offended by his tattoos. He said he got them during his time in prison. Aaron says his tattoos are symbols of his past, but not of his present or future, claiming he's a changed man. He said he won't cut. Co- this was so. This was before. This was the other day. He said he won't cover up uh, the Nazi tattoos with other tattoos, nor will he get the tattoos removed. Those are not options for him. He said he did say he will keep wearing long sleeves clothing in public. Why is it not an option for you to get them removed? Is my question. If you, yeah, if, that's, if a- that's if that's your past and not who you are, um. Like why? Why is removing them not an option? That's that's fishy as fuck to me. Yeah, and yeah, no, it's fishy as fuck. Exactly. Like that statement right there. Like you can get them removed, and you know what they are, dude. And if that's not you, and you know what they stand for, then why not get them covered up? Why not do something about them? Because he doesn't want to. Because maybe that those are still his beliefs. Maybe he believes that still. Maybe he's still a Nazi and believes in white supremacy. Okay, so this is. I'm gonna read. <laughs> I'm gonna read his. Sta- I'm gonna paraphrase some of the statement, but at, uh, please read and accept this as my sincerest apologies. I have offered when the photos of my tattoos became public. I'd like to apologize to Andrea and my brother Kendrick, both pictured for putting them in a position where they need feel the need to defend when there is no defense or justification for abhorrent tattoos that I ashamedly wear i also like to apologize to her employers at the ufc for bringing them shame and embarrassment not the least of these i apologize to mma fans worldwide for giving the sport a temporary black eye and for offering so many of those who supported us for years and to all the elite pro fighters i've been blessed to work with i pray this doesn't change your opinion of me even though most of the this groups know my story Furthermore, I'd like to apologize to Andrea's sponsors, who are certainly blindsided by this, as were many. Know that I only offer reasons, not excuses or justifications for the choices I made in my 20s. My body is covered in tattoos that tell the story of where I've been, what I have gone through, and what I've overcome. These scars tell my story, which include a dark time when I was in prison. <clears throat> Excuse me. However, they do not accurately represent who I am today as a person, my personal belief system, and the respect I have for people of all races and religion. For 13 years, I have tried to atone for my sins and seek forgiveness for those most certainly find my body uh, reprehensible. In most cases, gone to great lengths to always wear long sleeves in public setting. The photo poster was complacent error in judgment as my excitement and not thoughtfulness ruled the day. 
Many of you have offered solutions to my problem. Cover up laser. Here's here's where I was trying to get to. Cover ups, laser removal, etc. Well, please trust me when I say I've explored explored both those avenues, and unfortunately, neither is an option for me. In the meantime, I understand that many won't forgive me, and I don't and don't believe in second chances. And to you, I say I I understand. I don't deserve forgiveness, and I'm certainly not asking for sympathy. If, however, you do believe in forgiveness, then promise then I promise it won't be wasted on me. I'm a different human being in my 40s than I was in my 20s. As a final statement to Andrea's character, it's with certainty that I can promise you that she did not marry a racist. When Andrea and I met, I'd already begun to reinvent my life. And if she'd seen any racist behavior or attitude, she'd never have given me the time of day. Instead, she met a man who was and still speaks to at-risk youth who go and speak to inmates who was active in his church and always offered pro bono training to the physically challenged and underprivileged youth. My life has become very culturally diverse, and Andrea stared right past my tattoos and the man I've become. I can't offer many solutions, but I do offer this. Unless you go digging up old photos of me, you'll never see my tattoos again. I'd rather hold the camera for Andrea and the real star anyway. Again, I offer my myself as a humble and apologetic man. Please don't let my sins in my past define my future. Please don't let your hatred over me bleed into hatred towards Andrea. If you have to hate someone, then please hate me. She doesn't deserve it. She is genuinely the best person I know. So that is the statement from Donnie. Andrea didn't do herself any favors with her Twitter statement. That's exactly the problem. Mm-hmm. If she if she wouldn't have tweeted anything, it'd be a lot better, and and we wouldn't have a grounds to say anything about it on her behalf. Right. And I think this story would have died a lot faster for the fact that she commented on it, and in the way that she commented on it, to the first part, right, calling uh, calling people sensitive ass mofo's was yeah not a, that yeah not a good look on your part. Not a good and, look at all. Yeah, and the the explanation that was really given, and then after that, calling everyone mo- sensitive ass mofos really didn't help out anything. And look, I'm. I, she also released I'm, a statement, which I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you can go and read it on her Twitter. Yeah, it, it's a lot harder to believe those second statements. After the first statement, like, why didn't right. you just take the time and make one statement addressing it? And then that's it. Instead of coming out with an ignorant statement, defending it, and then she and says then backtracking. On yeah, that. she says she wasn't defending the tattoos, but just her husband. She, I never, and yeah, I'm not even, I don't know who was attacking go. her husband. Everyone was like, what the fuck's up with those tattoos? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of people who fucking. Yeah, but she's like sensitive ass mofos about the tattoos. Like that—that's yeah. the thing. It's like no, I get it. It's, it's, it's weird. It's—it's it's a little fishy. So, then that—that that story was released a couple of days ago. This was released this morning. Uh, Andrea Lee now says husband might get Nazi tattoos covered if an artist can make it look not trashier than it already is. Well, what the hell's I don't know, man. What's fresher than Nazi tattoos? What you you can let you can get like um a I don't know you can get anything you wanted, and it would be more appropriate than that. 
Like anything is more appropriate than that. I I don't understand why they don't just change it, especially now that it's come out to light and the comments that they made. They kind they're kind of forced now to do it. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just reading through the uh, this article, but. He said, she said on on a podcast the other day, we're trying, we're, we're discussing it, trying to find someone who would cover it up and make it look good, make it not look trashier than it already is. I think, I think she just meant like doing a shitty cover up over the shitty tattoo and it's still, mm-hmm. s- still being there because I've seen yeah. some really shitty cover ups. Okay. Um, she said, as for Dude, I bet her I bet if she started a group fund me, her fan her fans would pay for that shit to be fucking if she doesn't have the money. Oh, I, I don't think it's about money so much. I I don't yeah, that's what that's the thing. I don't think it's about money. I think it's it's a matter of choice and they don't they choose not to get rid of it. Yeah. I don't know. We shall see. Uh, a couple more stories. Nick Hine versus Damir Hatzvik. Announced for UFC Hamburg, which is taking place next month. Um, I'm not even going to talk. Hamburg. I'm not even going to talk. I just had a Hamburg for dinner. I'm not even going to talk about John Jones' manager saying that that shit's coming because until it comes, I don't fucking care. It's every week now. It's like, hey, what's up with John Jones? It's like, hey, it's coming. Yep. And uh, I don't want to put a date, but it's coming. It's coming. Congratulations going out to Misha Tate and Johnny Nunez on the birth of their daughter after a 67-hour labor. God damn. (laughs) I think it's funny that the article calls Johnny Nunez Misha Tate's partner instead of her boyfriend or fiancé. Or the father of the child. Or the father of the child. It's just Tate's partner. (laughs) Somewhere. (laughs) (sighs) Brian Carraway. I was just going to say. That's what he gets for bumping you. Fuck that guy. Somewhere somewhere Brian Carraway is crying and cutting himself in the shower. Yeah, if you ever. That's what you get for bumping Karma for bumping Jeff off of. uh... Off of fucking around the cage. Yeah. That's what you get. (laughs) Johnny Nunez plays Mr. Steel, your girl. And get her pregnant. Right. Give her that daddy dick. Yeah. So congratulations to Misha. Yeah. On becoming a mom. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all we got. That's all we got. That's That's all you get. That's all you get, fuckers. Yeah. That's all you get. I got tickets to 225. Yeah, man. Second. I don't I mean, know if we mentioned that earlier, but we, I'm I don't going. Think, I don't think we did, and I figured we'll definitely be talking a shit ton about it on Thursday when we're breaking down the or previewing the card. But, yeah, Rafa's going to his first UFC event, man. I'm fucking yeah. stoked for you, bro. Thanks, so brother. So for you. I wish I was been, going. Yeah, but you got a job, and yeah. you had tickets. Yeah, now I'm not even fucking going to that. So. <laughs> yeah, that sucks, I'm broke. Man. I'm broke. Yeah, shout out to my pops for being the fucking best dude I know and 
looking out for my ass. So, thanks, Pop. That's awesome. Yeah, man. You're uh, awesome, Mr. Shannon. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. Hey. We'll have to make it up to him for Father's Day next week. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you you want to pl- plugs? Do you plugs? Uh, check out the Full Heel Podcast, brother, where we break down all the wrestling and all the UFC in the cage, brother. But um, I'm going to drop a episode where I... Well, you kind of don't have to listen to it, but if you want to, go download it and then delete it and then subscribe and give me a rating. Uh, pretty much, I just did the same thing, but me by myself while beating off. But uh, and actually, shitting you know your what? pants? Yeah, and shitting my pants. Go check it out on YouTube so you can see me talk instead of just hearing me talk. <laughs> so you can watch Roth masturbate. Yeah. <laughs> he likes it when you look right into the camera because he's looking into it. Because I'm pretending that you you are that millions. Yep. <laughs> and millions. <laughs> but I'll upload that episode today. So uh, check out full oh, podcast. Shit. I will be talking about Money in the Bank. Um, I watched the first Money in the Bank ever. This I watched it yesterday, which was in 2005 for WrestleMania. Uh, in 2005, it was Hollywood. WrestleMania in Hollywood. 25? And, uh, uh, 2005. I don't know. I forget what which WrestleMania it was, but it was 2005. 2005, I want to say, it was WrestleMania in Detroit. 2005 is 13 years ago. WrestleMania 21. I want to no. say. I want to say that's because they were in. I want to say they were in Detroit in 2005. Maybe it was. Might have been WrestleMania. No, because it said it said Hollywood on it. So it wasn't 2005. No, but it was 2005. Was it? Yeah, because I I just saw it. When the fuck were they? They were in. I can just, actually I have I have it open. Stupid me, because yeah. I was looking at the. Let's find this out because I was I was in Detroit the same weekend that WrestleMania weekend was at Ford Field, and I thought Let's that see. was 2005, but maybe it's 2004. But or six? No, maybe it was six. I don't fucking know. Smoke too much weed. Let's see. Ladder in the WrestleMania 2005. Let me just put that. Yeah, no, it was a it was a badass ladder match. The first ever had uh, Chris Benoit. You remember Chris Benoit, bro? Of course, I remember Chris Benoit. It says Hollywood. WrestleMania twenty one goes to Hollywood. 20... So I'm guessing it was, uh, which was in two thousand five. No, I was I was I was off. I was way off, man. It was two thousand seven. Yeah, it's in the Staples Center. 20, WrestleMania twenty three was Detroit. So, yeah, no, it was a badass. Uh, it was the first ever Money in the Bank ladder match, but it was held at a WrestleMania. And then later on, I believe in 2013, or maybe a little bit sooner, it got its own pay-per-view where it had a match at the end where it was uh, Money in the Bank. But it's its own pay-per-view. So this month in Chicago is going to be at Money in the Bank. I'm not going to go to that one. I'm going to go to NXT the day before. But I'm still going to talk about them and do breakdowns this coming. Probably Thursday I'll talk about it um, and break down first ever Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 21 and then talk about the first ever ladder match and uh, Raw and SmackDown. So check out Full Hill Podcast. Subscribe, review, rate. Give me five stars. Nothing lower. And I love you, bitches. Check that shit out.
I got nothing else. We'll be back on Thursday. Yeah, talking about 225. USA 225 in Chicago. Yeah. Dude, that's five minutes away. Right, Are you walking? No, I told my dad to drop me off. And then I, I'm going to have uh, uh, my brother pick me up. Ah. <laughs> I can Uber it. It'll be a quick, like, what, $2 Uber, $5 Uber. Yeah, it'll be like $20 when you get out. Yeah, of the, actually, when I get out of the surge. event. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I already asked my brother. I'm like, hey, are you going to be busy Saturday night? All he has to do as soon as the fights are over, just shoot over real quick and uh, pick me up. Oh, yeah. I can even I can even walk a couple of blocks away so he can uh, not deal with all everyone leaving. There you go. Yeah. What a guy. I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy over here. Hey, guy over here. Hey. So that's going to wrap it up for another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show. Thank you guys so much for listening. For Rafael Chaidez, I'm Jeff Shanahan. We'll be I'm back. The I'm the <laughs> Always wear a condom when you wear have butt sex. Yep. We'll be back Thursday. See you. <laughs>